Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Objective. Uh, I've got Mark with me today. How's it going, Mark? Hey, man. Hanging in there. <laughs> so uh, we're in day 114 of the war. Um, and today, what we're going to be talking about is basically piggybacking off a comment made by Netanyahu in an interview recently. Uh, but we're not really going to be talking about the interview. We're going to be talking about um, what we think about this kind of offhand comment, um, just as a way to get, get into the topic, really. So Netanyahu, whilst he was being interviewed, uh, commented that the war will continue for a long time, uh, but it's going much better than people expected. <clears throat> um, and there are some good things in the interview as well, um, which maybe we should just start by praising at the beginning. He recognized, in a sense, the problem with the Palestinian population. He wasn't being soft about that, um, and so on and so forth. So there was there was good stuff in there as well. But the idea that the war is going well um, is really, I think, what we're taking issue with. Um, even if it's going better than people expected, um, that is itself a problem. Um, and I have a couple of points on which I I guess I would base my understanding of the war not going very well. Um, but Mark, what what's your initial reaction to the idea that the war in Israel is going well? Do you think it is or do you think it's pretty bad like I do? Uh, I tend to agree with you. Um, and he used the example of Mosul and how long it took the United States to conquer that 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 piece of territory there, um, which is just an example of how, you know, the, the good, powerful Western democracies refuse to actually fight, refuse to actually uh, completely vanquish the enemy. Um, this war could have been ended on October 13th. Uh, that would have been a successful war with the entire population renouncing um, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, the Palestinian Authority and every other terrorist organization that passes itself off for a government and then uh, agreeing to never, never use violence again in the future and to abide by the, the norms of Western civilization. That would have been a victory and that would have been a, that would have been a success. Instead, uh, instead, they've decided to put IDF soldiers in harm's way um, by subjecting them to some of the most difficult combat uh, conditions that any human being can experience. The fact that even a single IDF soldier has been killed, let alone the hundred plus or two hundred plus that have that have died in this uh, conflict, is is uh, a, a prime example of the fact that this is not successful. And it's not successful because we are holding the enemy on an equal moral plane, or equal moral footing as the people defending themselves, and that is simply wrong. And we see we see where it leads. It leads to uh, uh, protracted conflicts with a people who have not changed their perspective, uh, will not change their perspective, have no incentive to change their perspective, precisely because we act as if they are on the same moral plane as the rest of us. Yeah, absolutely. I think that goes to the heart of a lot of why the wars or why I don't think the war is successful. Um, but really the war, I think, got off on the wrong foot straight away um, in the response. So even though there was a kind of retaliation from Israel very quickly, um, there were various strikes, there were some raids that were going on. Um, there was one on the 13th, so a few days after, and then a few more dotted about. But if my memory served me correctly, I think it was about 20 days until the full land invasion actually occurred. So pretty much three weeks. Um, and I remember those initial three weeks being really, really painful, really dragging. Um, 
and just it just seeming extraordinary that they were taking such a long time now it's obviously been revealed after the fact that they <clears throat> it's not as if they were um dithering about whether they should do it they were preparing to preparing to do it um have that in itself is a kind of failure the fact that they weren't prepared to do that kind of thing points to a, a lack of organization um and to be honest a lack of seriousness about the threat which they were facing um the idea that israel which has been attacked so many times over its history um could be unprepared to do basically what they've had to do since october 7th um is re is really really bad um they should be prepared to do this at a moment's notice um and maybe it was just in the you know they let it slip briefly and then they get caught with their trousers down but uh that's still inexcusable but <clears throat> they needed to go much quicker and much harder than they did um and that and that's something that's borne out by the whole history of the of the conflict just since um just since the creation of Gaza in 2006 um because the war breaks out um or the conflict breaks out um in each iteration of this um Israel gains an immense amounts of international sympathy and then that's that will ebb away and during that window is the is the moment where they need to strike very hard and very decisively um and basically, by the time they did, after almost three weeks, most of that initial sympathy had kind of worn away. And I think that's a disaster. They really needed to go quick and hard in that time. Now, they might not have been able to completely win it. Um, my initial expectation was I was shocked that we got to day 100. Obviously, we're on day 114 now. Um, and clearly, that was somewhat naive. And <clears throat> now they could have been fighting the war much more decisively and effectively. But whether it, however long the war actually has to take that initial period was was really important and it was a big fumble that that wasn't capitalized on the way that they could have done um do you remember that initial period i just remember despairing really that that it was taking them so long to 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 meaningfully respond to this oh yeah your own uh brooke called it in the initial stages of this he was saying uh, israel has to strike immediately while while the international community's sympathies are with them and i like you um watched those sympathies wane and and realized that the more the more intense the response and by intense i mean you know the more the more intent they are in actually stopping the evil uh it, it would it would imply widespread destruction that would eventually start uh, you know, pushing the scales uh, against them as far as the international community goes. And so they had to work with that sympathy immediately and they blew it. They certainly blew it. Yeah, absolutely. And so in those initial few weeks, I, I remember thinking that any chance for this being kind of um, a meaningful victory for Israel is, is slimmer and slimmer by the day. So that so the war got on got off on the wrong foot, and that was a big sign for me that the war wasn't wasn't going well and hasn't been a success. Um, the second point, uh, I guess, goes more to what you said initially, and that's almost more like the communication war, um, because Israel, <clears throat> for its kind of victory conditions to be met, if you like, it needs to be convincingly communicating to the world that it is the moral party, um, and of course, it's a it's a thing commonly said in Israel that the Israeli army is the most moral army in the world. And there's a way in which I'm sympathetic to that. But the reason why they say that is because basically they do a lot of altruistic things. They'll let um, the inhabitants of a building know before they bomb it that they're going to do that. Um, they'll drop leaflets. They'll do all this kind of stuff, right? Um, 
Whereas actually, as uh, you know, we would stress, they're they're morally praiseworthy to the extent that they are forthrightly um, destroying the enemy and defending their own people. That's what would make them the most moral army in the world. Yeah, I think and, I think I think we have to add one more condition on that. Uh, a, a moral army, one, fights for a a a government that uh, promotes individual rights. Number one. They don't start wars. Number two, they don't initiate force. But once they are in the fight, their goal is to completely vanquish uh, the enemy. And that's what makes a moral army. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, and so Israel, I think so. And so what Israel needs to do is to, is to successfully communicate um, their moral superiority to the world. Um, because it and Israel has fantastically been losing the communications war, um, and that's not because they don't have talented, um, good communicators in the right positions. Just in terms of the ones we regularly see on um, TV in the UK, they have Elon Levy, they have Mark Regev, they have um, Zippy Hotavelli, who's the um, Israeli ambassador to the UK. All of these people are accomplished, impressive, articulate. Even if their moral case for Israel isn't perfect, isn't fully kind of. Um, lacking an altruistic um argument they're they're much better than i would expect the uk's own representatives to be in a similar situation so <clears throat> they aren't losing because they haven't got the right people um they're losing essentially because they're failing to make the case in fully the right way um in you know from our perspective they're failing to be fully um hmm. egoistic about it if you like uh, and then also um they're failing to condemn the international community's response enough. Now, there's some of that, but the the major example recently, of course, is the course is the case in the International Court of Justice. The fact that they're engaging with that, the fact that they aren't um, so well buying, they are saying that it's a charade, but they're by engaging with it, they're giving it the legitimacy, and therefore they're um, you know twisting their own noose, so to speak. Um, their whole engagement is the reason why they're losing and they're fighting an uphill battle. Um, so for Israel to be winning the war, they need to be winning the, the communication war as well, which is, I guess, fundamentally the moral war. But I don't think they're doing that at all. Um, I agree. Well, yeah, I agree. When you, when you uh, embrace the moral principles of your enemies, it's going to be extremely difficult to make a case for yourself. <laughs> they have to renounce those and explicitly renounce them uh, re reject them entirely and say why they reject them entirely. Um, and and I think there's enough rational people out there if they can make that case that they're, they're going to start making them think. Yeah. And part of the reason why they need to be making the case and they need to be making it consistently is because the war in Gaza that's going on right now. So it, Netanyahu in the interview says that he is expecting it to take at least another year. And he compared it to the um us siege of mosul as you mentioned oh, that God. took about that took about nine months and he was kind of saying you know based on the fact that that took nine months we can expect this to take a year since actually um gaza's i think is it it's either the gaza is a bit smaller than most or the other way around i can't quite remember but um god i completely lost my train of thought um it's going to take everyone, nine months or another yeah, oh, year daniel, daniel saying everyone in the comment section thinks we are anti-israel that's not true um, we're not critiquing Israel here from the perspective of um, saying that Israel is the bad party, very much the opposite. We think Israel is the morally justified party. Um, however, it isn't doing enough 
to fully defend itself. We think that Israel has the absolute right to do that, but it is participating, unfortunately, in its own defeat in various ways, one of which is by participating in the International Court of Justice case, for example, um, even by engaging with it. They are contributing to the slow defeat of themselves on the international stage. Um, they don't come out of it looking good. They end up being um, basically besmirched by association because in most people's minds, <clears throat> um, let's say Israel's attacked again um, by one of its neighbors. Let's say Jordan decided to weigh in on the war and killed a bunch of Israeli civilians. In terms of the international response to that, I think what would happen now is people would say, well, that's bad, but that you know, Israel kind of brought it onto themselves. After all, that aren't they kind of these people who are maybe engaging in genocide? So Israel has completely lost its moral high ground. It's been brought down to the level of its neighbors, um, who are the barbaric aggressors in this case. So if so please don't mistake it that we're saying that Israel is um the morally inferior side. We think it's the superior side, but therefore we we think it has to do much more in order to justify itself. Um do you have anything to say, Mark, to people? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's literally insane. Have they been watching the hundred days of programming? Where we are probably the only channel on the planet that is unapologetically for Israel. But the fact that we point out their their moral failings, and it's not moral failings as in they're doing. It's not moral failings in the typical way that I think people out there would consider it. It's moral failings as, as in not taking the fight to them enough. It's something that the I think the commu most communities out there would 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 consider our position uh, to, so extreme as to not even be considered in their minds. So we're asking Israel to be more vigorous, but not just vigorous in its physical uh, defense of itself, but in its moral defense of itself. And to do that, it has to it has to uh, completely repudiate the standards that the the world is judging them by. Um, uh, and uh, and because uh, as it stands now, the Palestinian savages, which is exactly what they are, um, are winning the PR war because they're just exploiting the dominant ethics. The dominant ethics is altruism that automatically gives uh, moral weight to the weaker, you know, person, uh, to, to the benighted, to the poor. Um, and it automatically puts the onus on Israel to sacrifice itself for it. So uh, Israel has to fight against a, a, a ethical culture that that damns them from the beginning. But they, they the case has been made for them. It's been made by objectivists. It's been made by Ayn Rand. They have the template there that they could use to reject this standard. They just have to do it. Their survival depends upon it. And one of the ways in which I think uh, Netanyahu gives into this is by trying to make a distinction between Hamas and the Palestinian people. Hamas is a symptom of a pathology that is raging in the Palestinian community, a, pa a pathology of, of genocidal ideology motivated by greed and hatred and bigotry. And the Palestinian people have to renounce that. They have to renounce that entirely as an ideology that animates them, or they are uh, accomplices. They're accomplices in murder, they're accomplices in war, and what happens to them is their fault. Now, Israel's sort of been saying that. They've been saying, look, the, the, the casualties in, in Gaza are on Hamas. They got to make it clear why that's the case. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we're criticizing Israel from the perspective that not that they're doing too much to defend themselves, but that they're not doing enough. So that's the that's the perspective we're critiquing them from. So it's the it's the critique of an ally, if you like, not the critique of an enemy. Um. So and I think the point I was making just before, actually, Joe, let's do the super chat since we're about halfway through. Um. So we have nine ninety nine from Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. And then we have five dollars from Catherine. Caskio, thank you, Catherine, who says Israel needs to come out tougher. Do not respond, do not respond one to outside opinions. They need to defend themselves, period. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so I think what I was saying before, when you were saying about they need to make the proper moral case for themselves, part of the reason why they need to do that, and part of the reason why, and well, and this links to another reason why I think the war has not been a success or hasn't been a success so far, um, is that this the war in Gaza as it is at the moment is going to be one stage in a longer resolution of this conflict, right? So even once they destroy Hamas, um, if they do that, and I hope they do, and so let's say they destroy Hamas and they pacify Gaza, there's still going to be problems in the West Bank. Hezbollah is still going to be in Lebanon. A lot of their neighbors are still going to be fundamentally anti-Semitic and hate them. So this com- the resolving this conflict is, is a long-term thing. And if they aren't consistently defending themselves the whole time on the right basis, then they set up problems for themselves in the future, um, and which we're already seeing. They're, re- they're reaping the uh, the downsides in effect of having done that already. Um, and so then, and the reason why that points to another reason why the war has not been successful is even though in this interview, Netanyahu does say some things about what the future of Gaza is going to look like. So for example, he says some good things about the fact that he doesn't think the Palestinians are going to be able to have their own weapons or their own army. They're not going to be able to sign compacts with Iran and so on. And that's all very good. That's that's right. They shouldn't be able to do that, as otherwise they would be able to threat Israel's security, threaten Israel's security. At least they can't do that for a very long time until the culture's changed. Um, but what we need to be seeing more from Israel, I think, in terms of its planning for the future, is not just... Um, things about Israel having a security responsibility for Gaza... Um, we need to see a long-term strategy or plan about how they're going to root out anti-Semitic, anti-Israeli sentiment. Because until they do that, um, the people in the region will continue to want this war for generations to come. We were speaking yesterday just about UNRWA, um, who in the schools that they run, teach these ideas and bring them to the next generation. Um, and the degree to which anti-Semitic opinions proliferate in this region of the world, are, it, it's extreme. Um, the ADL Global 100, people can go check out, and they basically um, kind of poll and keep track of anti-Semitic opinion in the world. And for the Middle East and Northern Africa, out of um, 275 million people that they've kind of interviewed and polled, 200 million count as holding anti-Semitic views. So there's a there's a huge kind of cultural sea change, opinion change that needs to happen. And Israel has got to be kind of leading that change and and they need to be indicating how they're going to do that because that's the long-term way they're going to stop this war breaking out again and again and again um do you agree with that mark or do you have different thoughts uh no i do agree with it it just seems like a daunting a daunting uh job uh that uh, israel is not equipped to do at the moment so long as they still adopt the altruist ethics um they are doomed morally they will forever um, have a sense of guilt and shame at defending themselves and defending the pillars of Western civilization. They have to they have to 
Uh, what they should really do is bring Iran over there as a spokesperson for them, get him to educate their their cabinet, their their upper echelon of their uh, military, and let arm them with the the concepts they need going forward uh, against a world that is fr quite frankly insane. Mm. And it's it's interesting actually. I wonder because does does Iran have any influence on? Um... Israeli officials to, has he ever mentioned whether they watch his show or anything because and and I guess the point really I'm, I'm wondering is that the Israeli um officials in the government tend to be better than most governments in the world for making a moral case for themselves now occasionally they do it badly and they far too much I agree indulge in an altruistic kind of justification like we are justified because of all the altruistic things we do because we care so much for the um for the civilians of the opposing side and so on um, but you do hear things coming from um, Israeli spokespeople occasionally about um, just as yesterday, for example, not yesterday on um, actually it was no two days ago. It was on in, uh, Holocaust, the celebrations for the Holocaust Memorial Day or the commemorations, perhaps in the UN, the Israeli representative Gilad something or other whose name I'm forgetting defended Israel as being. Um, the one country in the region that's liberal and democratic. Now that's not quite exactly the, the same kind of um concepts which we might use we might say defend individual rights or something but liberal and democratic is much more the right kind of thing uh daniel something gilad erdan there you go everyone should go watch his speech by the way it was very impressive um so the israeli officials are much better at making the right kind of case for themselves i just wonder sometimes whether they along with the kind of inconsistencies from the altruism i wonder whether they uh, view themselves as being pragmatic and that's why they make these concessions sometimes because they know for example the rest of the world doesn't hold that same standard and therefore they kind of even if they have the right ideas they're gonna sort of renege on them time and time again i don't know if you get the same impression but i do i do think that's the case i think necessity has brought them to the closer to our conclusion because they've lived uh, in the middle of a hostile world over there as the only democratic state in that in that region and they've they've, they've come to very objectivist-esque conclusions about their own self-defense uh, uh, given given that they've been a persecuted minority for millennia uh, but they I think I think that I think a thread that weaves its way through all politics now is pragmatism. So certainly they think, yeah, you know, principles are adjustable. And in the end, we have to win hearts and minds by giving in and compromising to uh, to the world. And they don't understand that compromising um, it, it, it with with a a, a person who uh, com completely has the antithesis of your values um, is a loss. It's a moral loss for you. It's a victory for the bad guys and a loss for the good guys. And that to be good, you cannot compromise your morals at all. Yeah. And something which I'm part of the reason why I suspect they might hold that kind of pragmatic mindset is not only because it's common in the culture at the moment, but it's something which I think polit politicians sort of proudly radiate. They often yeah. talk about um how much how very proudly about how they compromise on things um i've been reading some political memoirs recently which have been you know very interesting but um it's clear that the politicians in them even ones who i'm more sympathetic to sympathetic to and who i like more and who i think have a, a more who are better in their orientation on things very clearly they view compromise as kind of the yes. the the intelligent and wise way to go about things and people who are too ideological too absolute are kind of dogmatists who are 
you know, getting in the way of things. Um, so I suspect not, I mean, that's common amongst, I think, on, amongst all Western politicians. And unfortunately, even though what's good about Israel is that it's more Western, I think they also pr probably bring in that kind of Western mindset of politicians as well. Um, Absolutely. We're in the last few minutes. Any Anything final to say about why Israel is not winning the war, Mark? Yes, this is primarily an ethical battle. It's a, a battle for, not for the hearts and minds of people who won't be convinced, but for the ethical high ground. And in order to, to maintain that high ground, uh, you have to have an uncompromising stance on on good. Um, and that's not an ideological or dogmatic position. It's, it's holding to principles of good uh, and understanding that they're applicable across a, a universal uh, in particulars, right? So they can't compromise. It's a loss to the. It's it's a loss, a moral loss of uh, integrity for them. They have to have an unwavering, uncompromising moral position. Absolutely. And um, until they do that, it's going to be very hard for me to to see what they're doing and think that they're winning this war. I think, um, which is a high standard, and I don't feel much confidence that they're going to fulfill it, no matter how much I might defend them as the morally right side, but. Uh, you know, I would love to be surprised. Uh, but Same. okay. Um, yeah. Let's uh, wrap the show up. We've got um, TRS Extra coming up in just a few minutes. Um, for people who've never watched that before, that's an extra episode of the reality show that we do on Sundays for YouTube channel members and for ARC UK members. I think, is it platinum members and above, Daniel? No, it's all members. It's all members, okay, from the basic silver member up. So there's still time just to sign up, guys, if you aren't members and you can come and join us. We're going to be talking um, a bit about immigration surrounding a border dispute that's gone on in Texas at the moment between the state authorities and the, the federal authorities and, and drawing that out to the wider discussion about immigration generally. We're also going to be talking about um, people who are uh, vandalizing artworks as some people threw soup at the Mona Lisa in the Louvre recently. So we're going to talk so about that. At Okay, I'm not going to give away my position on that. <laughs> yeah, okay, save it for the show. So everyone has to come over. Um, so we'll, I'll hope we'll see you guys all there. I'm going to run and get a coffee just before we start up. But we'll see you guys all tomorrow on the Daily Objective again.